So I've been teaching on this book, Grace and Forgiveness, talking about the importance of forgiveness uh, and living under God's grace so that we can extend forgiveness and the damage or what happens when we don't forgive and how it prevents us from experiencing the Father's love, but also being able to forgive other people. And I would encourage you to get this. We're going to have other resources um, on the website as we kind of wind up this series uh, today. We're going to have other resources, other books that you can read on unforgiveness and forgiveness. And also, as, uh, today I'm going to talk about um, forgiveness leads to reconciliation, leads to healing. And one of the ministries that we have at our church that you probably or might not know about is a ministry of inner healing or the ministry of, uh, of, of kind of like prayer ministry like we do down front, but it's longer, it's more extended, it's a little more detailed, and um, we, we have people that go to Christian healing ministries for this, but we also have a team that you can call Martha, and she will help set up a prayer appointment, either with her or one of our prayer ministers that know how to do inner healing uh, so that you can allow this to happen in your life, and you can experience God's love and forgiveness in a way that allows you to extend that to other people. Um, and so that's a spoiler. That's, that's where we're going today, right? And so uh, I've never taught on this. 12 years of the church, I've never taught on this. I'm excited to teach on it. I've learned a lot about forgiveness. I've learned a lot about unforgiveness. I've learned a lot about grace, about justice, about God's judgment, all of these things. We've been teaching this, right? And today it all comes together. It all comes together uh, with I, what I believe is the Father's desire, as he brings these things together, is for us to experience him in a way, experience his freedom, his justice in our life in a way that brings healing and resurrection to dead parts of our heart that the enemy has stolen, that we might not even know about, but we see them existing in us by behaviors that are destructive. We see them existing in us by looking at having behaviors in our life that are not helpful, that lead us away from the Lord, that are damaging to ourselves and damaging to others. And I want to begin with justice, because last week I kind of paired justice against grace, and I want our judgment against grace, the law against grace. I want to clarify that um, that's not how God rolls, okay? Justice is equally a part of his nature is grace. Justice is equally necessary for us to experience salvation with Christ as we receive God's grace. Okay? Justice in Micah 6.8, God tells us, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love, it really says this, to love loving kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Justice means this. Justice means to take away what is bad and to restore what is good. Take away what is bad to restore what is good. And so whenever the Bible talks about God's refining fire, what is he doing? He's taking away the things that are bad in us, that are not as they should be, burning them up and leaving something that is better, restoring us into the creation that, we, we, that he's created us to be. Now, why would he do that? Why would he send Jesus Christ to die on the cross to justify us to himself so that he could forgive us for our sins and we could be united with him, reconciled with him, and have a relationship with him? Why would God do that? Because of his love for us, because of his grace, because of his mercy. 
And so grace and mercy and his love execute justice. Okay? And so they have a very, and it's, it's not like this clear relationship. They go, they kind of work like this together. But they work together for our, our salvation and for us to be reconciled to God. But justice also doesn't only internally bring us to God through grace and mercy, but also brings us externally into the world to bring God's justice. In Luke 4.18, which is like my favorite verse in the Bible, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering a sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So the Lord's favor, what does it look like to be in the Lord's favor? It looks like the poor being set free and cared for, the oppressed being liberated, the physically broken being healed. It looks like God's justice, God's justice coming, taking away what is bad and restoring what is good. Their minds, their spirit, their bodies being made right. When you experience healing, you're experiencing God's justice. Setting what is wrong with your body in a right relationship. In a relationship that it was created to be in a re- with God. A relationship to function in a way so that we can worship God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. With all of who we are. And that's what God justice does. It makes right what is wrong. And so that when we see a, a person who is in poverty or a person who is, has an ailment, we go, man, that's, that's wrong. Like, that feels wrong in my heart. That is wrong. I know that's wrong. And what's happening is that God's justice is welling up in you. God's justice is coming in you that you've received and been reconciled with him and is flowing out of you to bring his justice to all the world, to all his creation. Not only his children that are far off, like we read today, or his children that are living in broken situations, but every part of his creation. It's why Christians should be the best at taking care of the world. We should be the very best at it because we have been given... We have been told by God to rule and have dominion and care for all of his creation. To bring justice to all of his creation. To make right all of his creation. So what does justice have to do with grace and forgiveness? This is where it all comes together, baby. This is where it happens. All right? 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 21 says this. I want to make sure. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ this way, we we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, which is that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, forgiving them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin 
to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation, okay? How you used to believe, behave, think, everything is changed. And so you don't any longer, you no longer look at people with a worldly perspective. Because that's not how God sees people. God sees their heart. And so we seek to see God's heart, God's love with people, with all people. And it's impossible. It's a crazy thing unless we know Christ. Okay? When you're this new person, the way that you are this new person, it says here, is because you have been reconciled to God. Your relationship with God has been made right. Okay? So there's an internal fixing of you so that you will be in a a right relationship with God. Reconciliation here means to reestablish proper, I love this definition, proper, friendly, interpersonal relations after they have been disrupted or broken. Okay, so reconciliation is to reestablish, to reestablish right relationship whenever there's been a broken relationship. Sounding like justification a little bit, right? Reconciliation comes in and it makes right what's been broken. Okay, but our sin has disrupted this relationship with God. And Jesus comes on the scene to make right, to fix our relationship and reestablish a proper, friendly, interpersonal relationship with God. It says here, and this is where we start to see things really happen, <clears throat> connect everything. And God gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them. We have been reconciled by God and giving a ministry of reconciliation. What is the ministry of reconciliation? God says, God is not counting people's sin against them, so that the world, the people in the world will be made right with him, will be restored with him. In other words, God is forgiving their sins so that he will be reconciled to them. His forgiveness leads to reconciliation of the relationship. Forgiveness always leads to reconciliation between you and who you're forgiving. Always. And if it doesn't, it's you're functioning in a way where you're seeing people in the world the way the world sees those people, not as someone who has been made a new creation. And so the end game, as we talk about forgiveness and grace, is not to forgive. Just forgive. It's to reconcile. <clears throat> we forgive to reconcile relationship, to make right our relationship that has been broken. And we talk a lot, we talk a lot about forgiveness. I've been talking a lot about forgiveness. And we kind of place it on this pedestal as the end all. I've forgiven them, it's over, all is good. But God's saying, no, no. The ministry of reconciliation begins with forgiveness and ends with a restored relationship in the same way that my forgiveness of you has ended in a restored relationship with me. You see, to forgive, to forgive is a command. It's a verb. It's something we're commanded to do, and we can do it because we're commanded to, whether we feel like it or not. And we need to. But God's desire, God's desire is to take us to another place beyond this forgiveness, where we are also 
reconciled. Why? Because God also commands that. He commands forgiveness and he commands reconciliation. Okay, imagine. Here's an example. Someone steals from you. Okay? Or you steal from someone, better yet. You steal from me. All right? You steal from me. And I catch you. And you ask me, will you forgive me? And I say, I forgive you. And what happens? Our relationship is restored. Right? But then you keep stealing from me. And I keep forgiving you. You steal, I forgive. Relationship restored. You steal, I forgive. Relationship not as restored. You steal, I forgive. Relationship starting to break apart. You steal, I forgive. I'm like, I'll say I forgive you, but too much damage has, be done, has been done so that we are not reconciled, even though I said I've forgiven you. We've all done that. We've all done this. I've done this. Where I say the words, but there's still broken relationship. And I think when we do this, whether we're on the hurting side of things, asking forgiveness, or whether we're on the receiving side of things, giving forgiveness, that we are not even aware of where that behavior comes from. That we are just functioning out of the person that we are, the person that we have been. And so even though we are children of God, which can't change, even though we've been reconciled to God, which can't change, we, have still, we still have broken parts of who we are that need in our heart that God needs to justify, that God needs to come in and make right, where his justice has to reign so that we behave in a way that is correct, so that we invite God in by his spirit to burn up whatever that is that's causing us to behave this way, even when we don't desire to. Whether you're on the giving end of that, hurting people, or you're on the receiving end of that and saying, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, because you're afraid, you have fear of what will happen if you say, actually, I don't forgive you. Because I I can't be in a right relationship with someone who hurts me like this again and again and again. And so in both people, there's something underneath this behavior. There's something underneath that God wants to correct, that God wants to realign and, 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 and make as it should be so that, we can be so that we can be reconciled as we forgive people. But in this scenario, if I'm the one who's stealing and you say to me, why do you keep stealing from me? Like, this is wrong. My, what's my response? Why are you judging me? Why are you all up on my face? You're supposed to forgive me. Because Antley said so. You're supposed to forgive me. Why aren't you forgiving me? Right? And they're justifying their behavior. But that doesn't justify their behavior. Okay? So they're saying that. They're saying that because of fear and their life. And God wants to come in and take that away. Because unforgiveness blocks the move and the power of the Holy Spirit. Unforgiveness in your life prevents the Holy Spirit from bringing healing to you and to other people. The Holy Spirit is quenched when you do not forgive. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit is quenched. He is shut down. And we don't know to what degree or or what's happening in that, but we know from experience, we know from our behavior that unforgiveness shuts God down. Because why would he bless us 
if we are not obeying his commands? Why would he affirm our behavior that is not consistent with what it means to be a new creation? He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that because he loves us. And so here's the thing is that we kind of, we kind of claim like I'm a new creation and so I'm going to forgive and everything's okay. And we minimize reconciliation because it's difficult because it requires us to take responsibility for our actions, not just say the words. Now it doesn't change our standing before God, but it affects our relationship with God. R.T. Kendall said this, justification before God is unconditional, but the anointing of God is conditional. Our salvation is unconditional, but fellowship with God is conditional. Our status in the family of God as his child is unconditional, conditional, but his intimacy, the intimacy with God is conditional. Right? So we come into the kingdom, we're justified, we have salvation, but we don't grow. We don't experience life. We continue to experience behaviors in our life that we experienced beforehand. And we question, am I even a Christian? Yes, you're a Christian, but the enemy is attacking you. He's going after the parts of your heart, the areas that you used to struggle with. Because even though the war is over, there is a battle in your heart that is going on. There's a battle in your heart that God's saying, I want to justify that. I want to make that right. I want to burn that up. So what is left is a heart that is more pure, that is more beautiful. But in order for that to happen, in order for that to happen, we have to go after it. We have to go after our healing. We have to pursue life in Christ. And when things don't add up in our relationship with other people or our relationship with God, it's not because we are not justified in Christ. It's not because we are not saved. It's not because we're not a new creation. It's because God is after our heart and wants to draw us to him for a greater experience of him, for a greater experience of his love, for a greater experience of his healing. Now, the devil wants you to believe, like, oh, man, you suck at being a Christian. You're so bad at this. You might not even be a believer. Because what does that do? It shuts us down. We believe these lies, and we don't move towards Christ. We move away from him, which, by the way, is an indicator of whether the Spirit is convicting you and leading you to life or the enemy is lying to you and leading you away from him. Okay? Now, this is a story of my own life. I have a... um, I had a dad, I've told you before, that was an alcoholic, and we would sail together, and one day we were sailing together, and uh, he went down below, I think I might have said this story, he went down below, drank a whole bottle of amaretto, right? And he's like, I've set the course to get to the Bahamas this way, it's the middle of the night, right? And I'm like, what? I'm at, like a high schooler, and, and I'm steering the boat on this course, never knowing, I mean, he could be like guiding me into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, and so this fear comes into my life, right? And so, and I feel this responsibility to take care of a father who should be taking care of me. And so we sail the boat. I get the boat in to West End. I'm having to dock this boat. It's a 28-foot sailboat. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm afraid. I'm freaking out because I don't know how to do this. And my dad comes out, and he's hammered drunk, Right? His words are slurring, and he goes to get out of the boat, and he falls in the water. 
And I'm like, Indiana Jones, right in after him, right? Rescuing my dad. A person in my life who God has created to be rescuer to me. Who God's created to take care of me. But instead, he's created fear in my life. And this fear in my life puts me in a position where I feel like I have to control everything. Because if I don't control everything, if I don't take care of everything, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. And I have to take control. And so, 30 years later, I'm a leader of a church. Been a Christian for a long time. And what happens in my life? I start operating out of fear. Instead of encouraging and empowering the staff, I start trying to control them. The relationships that I'm in with different people, instead of blessing and loving and rescuing them, I manipulate them. Now, why, why would I do this? I know this is wrong. Because of this wound that I received from my father 30 years prior to this. I didn't know where it was coming from. I didn't know how it was happening. And one day, I went to inner healing prayer. And I didn't even ask for this to be healed. This picture of my father comes up at the sailboat. I'm reminded of this story. And Jesus just moves right in, meets me in that story, shows me what was happening, comes to me as a father and says, I can be trusted. You don't have to be afraid. I am your rescuer. I will never betray you. I will steer the boat. I will lead you in the right direction. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to control. You don't have to manipulate Antley because I love you. I'm always going to love you. And, and, and that changed my life. And so what happens is that becomes I'm healed in this area of my heart. This area of my heart that's broken is fixed. It's healed. Now, do I continue to kind of struggle in cycles? Sure I do because God wants more healing in that area of my heart. He wants to continue to refine that area of my heart. But that never would have happened Never would have happened. I didn't even know why I was doing it unless I would, have, I would have had inner healing, unless I would have pursued God and said, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I just want prayer. I trust the Spirit's leading me here. He's tired of me shutting him down. And he's saying, I'm going to do something today that you can't do for yourself, that you don't even see that you're doing to other people. And he moves in and he restores and he heals and he justifies my heart. Why? so that I can be reconciled in a deeper way to him, and I can be reconciled in a deeper way to other people. But I never would have known I needed that if I wouldn't have been in a relationship where I've offered forgiveness, but reconciliation wouldn't have come. All the staff, all the people that I minister to or I care about, I I mean, I would hurt them, I could see I hurt them, and I would ask for forgiveness. And it would happen again and again and again. With not only the staff, but my family, my friends. And I didn't know why. But in an instant, the Holy Spirit transformed me and changed me as a result of healing prayer. And this can happen with your time with the Lord. It can happen if, when you're worshiping. It can happen in any way you connect with God. It can happen in soaking. It can happen just wherever you are. God can move in. Reveal something. Bring Jesus into the situation. It doesn't get rid of the memory, but it does take the pain. His healing releases us from pain into freedom in this area of our life. 
so that we can be made whole, so that we can be transformed, so that we can bring the message of reconciliation that we have been charged with to the world. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We have been trusted with this message. This, I mean, he's saying, like, Antley, you're my plan A, bro. All right? And I'm thinking, how's that going to happen? He's saying, it's going to happen because you're a new creation. And you're not going to look at the people, you know, the way you used to look at it. And when you're going to run into a wall, and you're going to need me to heal you. So you can be reconciled to me and to show people that you can be reconciled to them. So that in your reconciling with them, and when they see that, they will desire to come to the source of that reconciliation, which is me. But this journey that we're on, this journey that we're on with God, with this ministry of reconciliation that begins with forgiveness but ends with right relationship, is a journey that you have to go after. It's a journey that when you see yourself hurting people, you see yourself unable to forgive people, you see yourself, when you forgive people, maintaining the same behaviors, the same attitudes, the same beliefs that don't look like, that don't look like your new creation, you have to pursue healing. Forgiveness and grace that doesn't lead to reconciliation is a waste. God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness poured out in our life that doesn't lead to a relationship with him What's the point? What's the point of Jesus dying then? There's no point. God desires in the world and in you to take away everything. Take away everything that's in your heart that's preventing you from being who he created you to be. His desire is to make right, is to justify, is to Burn out what is bad in you so that the good will remain, the good will grow in its purity. You will go grow in your faith, in your relationship with him as you are healed. It begins with forgiveness. It ends with reconciliation. And the journey is through healing. Let's stand.